The war in Ukraine is entering its second month. So far, nearly four million people have fled the country. The war has claimed the lives of many, including women and children. And despite impassioned prayers for millions, including Pope Francis, it's not yet clear when the fighting will end. This week's episode isn't going to be about the reasons for the war, nor about the physical damage the war has caused, although sadly there is plenty of that. We want to talk about the spiritual damage that's been done by this attack, and how one Catholic in Ukraine is responding with prayer and trust in God. Uh, my name is uh, Paul Johannes Nes. Paul is not the one who's in Ukraine at the moment. He lives in Norway with his wife and two kids. But he's been in close contact with someone who is there. That person, a Ukrainian journalist, has closely guarded her identity and wants to remain anonymous. To make things easier, let's just call her Maria, which is not her real name. Paul runs an online Catholic radio station in Norway. He got to know Maria by praying together, and they both share a deep Catholic faith. After the Russian invasion of Ukraine on February 24th, Paul began messaging with Maria to check on her and to see if there was any way to share the information about what she was seeing and feeling in the midst of the attack on her country. How can we show the other fight that will go on, not the fight on the battlefield and in the city, but the spiritual fight that every single one in Ukraine feel when you feel attacked? As you'd expect, many people in Ukraine are discouraged and angry, asking how God could allow something like this to happen. From that, the idea of doing a spiritual diary uh, came to life. How she actually live her faith during this time of war. And so, beginning on February 26th, two days after the invasion, St. Rita Radio began publishing Maria's observations and reflections as a video podcast, and her dispatches have continued to come in to this day. The 32nd day of the war. Thank God for another day. Today I realize that I'm very lucky. I can sleep peacefully at night. I'm not awakened by explosions, as was the case in Kyiv. It is an incredible luxury to sleep peacefully. How many Ukrainians are anxiously awaiting the night because the Russians like to attack at 4 or 5 a.m.? Today has prompted me to think about how much a person can concentrate on himself and then he does not see those around him. If I start to worry more about how bad I am, what I lack, and how difficult things are in my life, then my world is a big ball filled only with my needs, and then my little daily worries turn into big tragedies. In this situation, the only way out for me is to look around. Which of my siblings need help? Then all my small worries lose their great value and I realize that others have bigger problems than me. When even forgetting my bad mood or body aches, I rush to the aid of those who need it. I'm filled with God's power, which then turns fatigue into a healing balm that heals the wounds of my soul.
Maria is keeping much of the information about her whereabouts under wraps, but she has managed to escape her home in the capital Kiev and is, at least as of last week, sheltering in a monastery with her brother and mother. One of the things that have struck me hardest is the way that she's praying for the people that are attacking her country. Uh, she prays for their conversion. Uh, we also, through her, we had gotten a lot of contact with uh, other people in, in Ukraine. Uh, I, yesterday I did an interview with the priest and he told me that they start every day to pray for peace, to pray for the Russian soldiers and the Ukrainian soldiers. And they always celebrate Mass in the morning. And the reason they do that is to thank God that they survived the night and the bombing. And if they will die during the day, at least they have died after celebrating a Mass. We recorded this before Pope Francis's consecration of Russia and Ukraine, which took place on March 25th. If you're not familiar with the concept of consecration, basically it means that the Pope requested in a special way and by means of a special prayer, Mary's help in bringing peace to Ukraine, Russia, and to the world. It's the turning point. It's what gives hope. They feel that our prayer is lifting them and giving them hope. And that, I think, is the most important thing I have learned from our friend in Ukraine. It's the prayer that is the real thing. It's where we can help and what we can do is to pray. That we as one holy Catholic Church pray together for the conversion of Ukraine and Russia. Everyone united praying for this. In terms of what will happen next for Maria, neither she nor Paul can truly say. Like the rest of the world, they're watching the news and praying that peace negotiations move forward. Many of us Catholic, we get divided over this. We should stay together as one holy Catholic Church and condemn war, condemn violence, and spread the word of, word of the, uh, the Lord that peace is the way. Maria is determined to stay and to work to rebuild her country. But Paul said it's clear that she's not primarily focused on their earthly possessions or even their physical safety, but on guarding their hearts against the spiritual attacks of despair and anger. As she mentioned that a couple of days ago in our diary, that what happened here on earth is when we are alive, it's just a lifetime. The fight for your spiritual life is a fight for eternity. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency and a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. I produce and edit this show with the help of our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A very special thanks this week to Paul Johannes Ness and to our anonymous Ukrainian journalist. Please continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and in the world. See you next time. (music) 